welcome. My name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. wanted God to look at his sin again. This is exactly what God does once our sin has been confessed and forsaken, by the way, is that he cast our sin as far as the east is from the west. He buries it in the depths of the sea. But knowing what we should do and doing what we should do is a difference. There are many things where we know we're not supposed to do, but then we find ourselves doing it anyways. <laughs> There's a difference between knowing what's right and not knowing what's right but knowing what's right and doing wrong anyways. That's the problem that a lot of us have. Most of us know right and wrong. Most of us know what we're supposed to do, but then we end up messing up anyways. Well, we're thankful that no matter what you've done, by God's grace, that we can get right with Him. If you don't mind, let's go and explore this a little bit more. First of all, let's go with this idea here. Where does it begin? Where does it begin? Well, we understand that David had come to the place where he was a believer. He trusted in God's promises and he was forgiven of his sins. He had known the Lord since he was a teenager, but now he is 50 years old. He is the king of Israel. For the most part, he's lived a very disciplined life. But somewhere along the line, he set aside that discipline. The Bible describes, and we'll hit it this morning in our morning message, but David, instead of going out to war, instead of doing the things, he stayed home. He broke that discipline, and now he has something called free time. You know, it's often in free time, when the lack of discipline, that we get in trouble. We allow things in our mind. We allow things to relax. We take our guard down. We often don't put on the whole armor of God. And we find ourselves vulnerable in the times of free time, the time of lack of discipline, the time where we're supposed to be relaxed. And we could see that David had already started to begin a life. He began to get multiple uh, wives, which was not God's intention. It was allowable by law, but it was not God's intention. And we could see that through this, he became, began to become insensitive to sin, where sin didn't bother him anymore. He was exposed to sin. He had participated. And what had happened is that it started to harden him a little bit. Sin was not that much of a big deal. We could see that progression in his own life. Now we can see, how did David end up sitting with Bathsheba? Where did it all fall apart? Well, remember, before we ever have a public fall, it starts with a private failing. Before you ever hear of a preacher who runs away with his secretary or a Christian who falls out of church, before you could hear of different people doing different things that you never thought, where does it start? It begins with their own heart not being right with God. Do you know that someone can sit in a church like this? They could have a Bible. They could read. They could do everything that they're supposed to do on the outside but yet already be far away from God. In fact, as a, as a trivia question, as a point of interest, do you know, according to the Bible, 
where backsliding starts, the Bible describes in the book of Romans chapter 1, neither were they thankful. You know the very first area that you begin to backslide in, where it starts to put a distance between you and God, is not being thankful. Not being thankful. Think of that. Something as simple as not being thankful Not being grateful for what God has done for you. Not being grateful for what God has provided for you. Taking things for granted. Getting to the place where you feel like you deserve things is the very first place where your heart begins to be hardened. Once that unthankfulness begins to harden your heart a little bit, next thing you know, you find yourself a little bit too busy. What do I mean by that? You find yourself too busy... To read your Bible. You find yourself too busy to pray as you ought. And so you start missing some Bible reading times. Your Bible reading starts to become a little less encouraging, a little less fervent, a little less exciting, and it becomes words on a page. You know, when that happens, it's a sign that your heart's starting to harden a little bit. And next thing you know, your Bible reading's not exciting. It's not thrilling. God's not speaking to you. And it becomes more of a take it or leave it. And the true thing about all people is that if you have it as a take it or leave it, we'll leave it every time. When it comes to the choice of, do I read my Bible, not read my Bible? Mm, if it's a choice, well, then I don't have to. Nah, forget it. And what happens is that before you have a public fall, it starts with a private failing. You start to fail in your own walk with God. And the next thing you know that a Christian, even a Christian, is capable of anything at any time when he's far away from God. David is the king. This is the one who wrote uh, Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That psalm has been written already. He's already written several psalms praising God. He's already been brought the Ark of the Covenant in. He's done so many things in service to God. He's believed by faith. He's trusted God for all these years. But now he's relaxed his guard. He's no longer as thankful. He's taking things for granted. His heart is getting further and further away. And next thing you know, he is committing adultery. And then in order to hide his adultery, he covers his sin. And then when that doesn't work, he performs murder. How do you get to the place of a Christian committing murder? Anyone is capable of anything at any time when they're far away from God. Before anyone has a public fall... It starts with a private failing. So we understand here, where does it begin? Where does it begin? It begins with a heart. It begins that he did not guard his spirit, and it grew far away from God. And eventually, the outside followed what was already going on in the inside. Which brings me to a second thing here. Not only where does it begin, but where does it all lead? Where is it going? What is happening? Well, David had known the Lord and had known sweet fellowship, but something went wrong. Some terrible sin entered into his life. David turned from the Lord and great heartache came into his life. His entire life was affected by sin. You understand what sin does to you? 
sin changes the way that you think. Sin changes your attitude. Sin changes your actions. It changes you. You no longer think the same when you are engaged in sin. For example, let's say that you start to lie. Well, as you begin to lie, then when someone else is lying, <laughs> it affects the way that you see that. How you see someone else lying. How you see someone else engaged in sin. You start to excuse it away. You start to give excuses for it. All of these come with that idea, it changes the way that we think. It changes our attitude. When you're engaged in sin, of course, you can no longer be plugged into God. You're no longer praising, uh, praising the Lord. You start to change in your attitude, your outlook, how you respond to things, how you respond to problems. And it affects your actions. Things that you never did, would never do before, you now find yourself doing now. Because sin changes what we do. It affects us. Many Christians start off right and then they go astray. Where does it lead? Well, some people may be wringing their hands and saying, things used to be good, now they're going badly. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Many people begin to wonder, will their spirits, will the inside of them ever be right again? They could feel inside that they don't have a right spirit. They could feel in this inside of them that it is not good. This is exactly what's going on in David's mind when he is trying to get right with the Lord. And he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That David had been going around without a right spirit. With David had been going around knowing that the inside was messed up. It wasn't where it was supposed to be. Now, he could put on the outside happy face. But he knew he wasn't right. And he knew it wasn't the same before. That when he's confronted with the idea of a relationship with God, he's miserable. You know, sometimes the most miserable people I know are people that's inside of a church. You say, really? Yep. Because some people can, can be in a church and they know they're not right with God. They have sin that um, they know they shouldn't be doing, but they're not willing to, give, willing to give up. But they sit in a church and you know what happens in church? You're reminded of God all the time. And you're reminded that you're not right with God and you're miserable and you're wondering, why isn't this exciting? Why isn't this fun? Why is the preacher being mean to me? Why are they picking on me? And the whole time your spirit's crying out, I'm not right. I'm not right. Or what are you willing to do with it? You understand anyone is capable of anything at any time. And when people are miserable, you know why people leave church? Because they're miserable. It's not because the preacher's mean. Not if they're in a good Bible-believing church. It's because something's usually wrong in them. They can't stand it anymore. The good thing, uh, the wonderful thing about biblical preaching is that it rocks the boat and people will either fall in or fall out. Now, we don't want anyone to fall out, but we're trying to shake the boat to fall in. We don't want them to remain in that miserable state. We don't want them to continue on not right with the Lord. And God doesn't want them right with the Lord. And so he's using his word to keep hitting. Do you know that right here on the sternum 
is uh, what we call the heartstrings. You could poke just right here, and there's a twinge that will go all the way through into the inside. And you know what God does? Is that He keeps pushing that, keeps hitting that, keeps hitting it until you get right. God knows what you're not right in. Imagine that. And God doesn't switch messages until you get right. You know, it's amazing throughout the years. Let's say that someone has a problem with rock music. Rock music, rock music. All the preacher's preaching about is rock music. So I could pre preach on something about... Um, I could preach something... Let's say finances. And so at the end of the service... Yeah, all oh, the preacher was preaching against rock music. I didn't say anything about that. I said something about finances. Yeah, but he meant rock music, rock music. And what happened is that heartstring. God doesn't leave, switches messages until you get that right. And so people will come and it's all they hear is that, they're, that thing that they're not right when over and over. That's not the preacher. That's God's Holy Spirit poking, 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 poking. It's, and God's doing it because he loves you. He's pointing out what needs to be fixed and he wants it to be fixed. He's trying to work with you so that way you can get that thing that's not right. God wants you to have a clean heart. But without it, it will lead you to the place where things change in your life. It changes your attitude. Sin not dealt with will change um, <laughs> your thinking. And it will change a person's actions. And in the whole time, they know they're not right. And in case they forget they're not right, they get exposed to good preaching, read the Bible, something, and God will continue to poke at them. Which brings us to this last thing here. Back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. What David is doing is he's praying for a new beginning. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. What he's saying is, Lord, give me a new beginning. One thing about the Christian life is that you can't go back to change the past. Can't do anything about the past. But what you can do is start from where you are and move forward. What the Christian life is, is a series of new beginnings. When you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you get right with God and you have a brand new beginning. Then later on, as you begin to grow, you say, I need to follow Christ and you have a new beginning. God exposes things in your life and that need to be taken care of and you start, you can't do anything about the past, but you start from where you are and move forward. It is a series of new beginnings. And that's what God wants. God doesn't want to beat you up about your past. He wants you just to get right right now and move forward from where you're at. And that's what David is saying here. Cleanse me. Let me start over. Uh, blot it out. Hide thy face from it. Give me a new beginning. I don't want to drift any further. I want to turn back to you. Now things may start to go well, but then we go astray. We have to then go back to the beginning. Once you realize you're on the right, wrong path, just get right, start from where you are and move forward. The principle here is that God can forgive and God can cleanse us and we can start life again. And that's what people need is a new beginning. We understand you can't do anything about the consequences. You can't do anything about the things done in the past. But start from where you are and move forward. You say, Pastor, you don't understand how much I messed up. I don't, but let me tell you, start from where you are and move forward.
Start from where you are and move forward. That's what you need to do. And God's offering you to get right now, to get things fixed. God will renew a right spirit within us. That right spirit will produce the necessary changes. That what happens is as we're looking towards God, God's going to look in us and he's going to work in us and he's going to push out everything else. There's a special tree that is the last tree to lose its leaves. We know that we're in fall and leaves are falling all over the place now. But there's a tree that is the last tree to lose its leaves and it loses its leaves in the spring. And what happens all during winter, it keeps its, its leaves. It's not in a frozen tundra like Wisconsin. But <coughs> what happens in the spring is the brand new leaves will sprout out and they will push off. The old leaves. Well, that's exactly what God does in our life. Is that when we keep our eyes on Him, we start from where we are and move forward, that God will work inside of someone's life and push out those other things. Things I loved before have passed away. Things I love far more have come to stay. You know, that's the wonderful thing about the Christian life. Is that we're not asking you to turn over a new leaf. We're not asking you to uh, change things. We're asking you to look towards God. Go towards God. And God will change you from the inside out. Just a series of steps. Take a step towards Him. Take a step towards Him. Take a step towards Him. As you learn something, go for Him. It is a series of new beginnings. Just going towards Him. Going towards Him. And God will change us from the inside out. The secret is to look towards God. It's amazing how God would work. One of the psalms that I love is um, that's been a help to me over these years is the song, Come Thy Fount. It says, Come thy fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Calls for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount. I'm fixed upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love. What a great verse singing about God. It goes on and says, Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I've come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the folds of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Again, another verse talking about God. But notice this third verse. Oh, to raise how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. The songwriter here, notice what he said. He said, my heart, it's prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. Every time I sing that song, it's a reminder to me that my heart does want to wonder. My natural state is to walk away from God. Interesting enough, the songwriter, his name is Robert Robertson. He came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior under the preaching of George Whitfield. He became a Methodist pastor and began to preach all over the place. But, and while he was a Methodist pastor, he wrote this song and it helped many. It became popular right away. But something happened in Robert Robertson's life 
and he turned away from God. He quit the ministry, left being a pastor, and stopped being in church altogether. One day he was <coughs> preparing to get on a stagecoach, and a lady who was entering the stagecoach began to see, uh, hum this song to him, or just began to hum it to herself. As they got up on the coach, he said, Ma'am, the poor miserable wretch that wrote that song, that was me. And, you know, what do you say to such a thing? You're the songwriter wrote this? And he he's, he's no, doesn't look like a Christian, smell like a Christian, act like a Christian. Something happened here. But it was after that ride he began to think about the words of the song that he wrote years ago. And he realized how far away he was from God. And God worked on his heart and was able to restore him. But think about that. He wrote these words here knowing his own heart. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. <clears throat> Unfortunately, that's our own heart. You can be saved and wonder from God. You can be saved, and the Bible uses the word backslide. That we could slide back from where we're currently from God. And that before we ever have a public fall, it starts with a private failing. The Bible says the very first thing is that we start to become unthankful. Eventually that will harden our heart so that way we start missing Bible reading. And then you st stop praying. Your prayers will fall. Actually the prayers will stop before your Bible reading by the way. Be unthankful. Your prayers start to falter. Your Bible reading begins to falter. Then you become in a vulnerable position where you are capable of anything at any time. And even Christians, born-again, true Christians, like David, can do the unimaginable things. What did David do? He committed adultery. And then he tried to hide it. And then David used his influence to murder a good man. Say a believer murdered someone? Yes. Anyone is capable of anything at any time. This is why it is so important for us to be right with God. But praise the Lord that God made a way back to God. That even though David had failed God, even though David had committed adultery, David had committed murder, David lied. Uh, that's three of the Ten Commandments right then and there. God made a way back and God still wanted David to be right. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. That the Christian life is just a series of new beginnings. And you start from where you are and move forward. If you find yourself where you're away from God, find what's keeping you distanced from God. How's your Bible reading? How's your prayer life? Are you thankful? Those are three basic things that give to the heart of the matter. Is your Bible reading still exciting? Or do you have a hard time reading your Bible? That explains your own heart. When you talk to God, are you talking to the ceiling and it's bouncing back? Or are you talking to a person? That explains your heart. Are you someone who's thankful for things in your life, even the little things? It explains your heart. 
You know your own heart. You know the things that you're struggling with. You know the sin that you've allowed in your life. All I can tell you is that there is a way back to God. And you don't have to go around with a miserable spirit. David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you. Thank you.